Chapter 7 Brown's Café, Hampstead Miranda and I walk with Julia to Brown's Café just round the corner on Flask Walk. We hang our hats and coats on the hat stand by the café entrance. We sit at a table by the window that allows tea drinkers to while away the hours watching people walk past down the narrow street or stop at the stall opposite to buy postcards of Hampstead Heath and the Vale of Health. The place only has three other customers, a man on his own reading a novel and two middle-aged women by the window, a waitress in a black uniform with a starched white apron, white lauded cuffs and a stiff white cap shows us to the table. She offers us a menu, but I only want tea. Julia nods and agrees. Tea for me too. Miranda's just as I remember her. She always has to push it and I love her for it. She leans forward. Do you have Earl Grey? The waitress shakes her head. Darjeeling? Sorry, no. Café Latte? The waitress shrugs. I don't know what that is. I say it's foreign for coffee. Miranda says yes with steamed milk. The young girl blushes. No, we don't. Tea then, the waitress bobs. So, pot of tea for free. Lovely. I shall be right back. Now we are sitting. I study Julia. She's wearing a brown house dress that detracts from her looks. Her skin is pale and the crease between her eyebrows suggests she's given to introspection. Her eyes are dark blue and she has a dark beauty spot on the right of her face up by her high cheekbone. She has a necklace in the shape of a silver star around her neck with a single diamond at its centre. A hand goes to it as we sit, then she leaves it alone and frowns. It was most odd, you being in Harold's house. Not really the thing a man of the cloth should be doing. She narrows her eyes. If you are a man of the cloth, and not some body snatcher or burglar disguised as one. No, I assure you, I'm genuinely a priest. Oh, he really is, Miranda says. I think she's being supportive, and I see she's teasing me. She turns. What were you doing in the house, Adam? I mean, uh, Reverend Catmon. She knows fine well. She's on the same quest as me. I say, Professor Sprengler was an old friend from my archaeology days. Miranda smiles. Your archaeology days, of course. The tea comes. I pour milk into the china cups, then tea for Julia and Miranda. Julia takes two lumps of sugar with the tongs and stirs her tea with a silver spoon while I pour one for myself. I ask her about Harold's death. Once again, her eyes mist. Finally, she manages. You know, Harold was quite disturbed before he died. I shake my head. She continued, I was his student, then his assistant at UCL. UCL? University College London. But he'd been off work for nearly a fortnight with his nerves. I go to sip my tea, but it's too hot. Steam curls up by my nose. I ask, what exactly was the problem? He had a nervous breakdown. That's the easiest way to describe it. Ah, I'm sorry to hear that. Julia toys with the silver star around her neck again, without meeting my eyes, she says. Then, of course, he killed himself. Killed himself? She nods. You didn't know? I thought everyone knew. No. I found him. I wish I'd never seen what I saw, but of course I can't unsee it now, can I? A hand goes to her eyes and she pulls out the handkerchief again. Miranda smiles benignly. I know this is some pre-scripted exchange the game developers have created, but Julia looks really upset. I wonder whether her relationship with Harold was more than professor and assistant. After Julia composes herself, I ask, What on earth do you think led to that? Something about her demeanour changes. She becomes more focused. 
He was convinced someone wanted the green statuette that he dug up from Ur. The squid god, Miranda says. The green statuette. A faint smile plays on her lips. You know it, I say. I saw it in Iraq. Miranda raises her eyebrows, but Julia doesn't notice. It's repulsive, isn't it? It used to give him nightmares. He said he wished he'd never found it. I say, why didn't he simply give it away? Julia takes a sip of tea. He said he couldn't. Something about it stopped him. He says it was like a fascination, worse than laudanum. Like an addiction, Miranda says. Exactly, a horrible, morbid addiction. It drove him from his wits. He wouldn't sleep. He kept watch all night, convinced they were coming to take it from him. Who were they? Julia twisted her mouth. The so-called brothers of shadow, but I don't think they exist. He made them up. Why do you think he made them up? She looks at me as if I'm stupid. He was very disturbed. But such things don't exist in the sane world. I remember the letters in my journal. Do you think they ever wrote to him? She looks up sharply. Wrote to him? How could they? They don't exist. Of course, I'm embarrassed, but Miranda jumps in. And what do you think happened to the statuette? Julia's expression clouds as if she'd just thought of something. Ignoring Miranda, who seems to have her trust, she stares at me. You're not after the horrid little statuette. I shouldn't imagine it's worth much. It's too ugly. I hold up my hands to placate her. I'm just interested because it's the thing that drove him to this. I don't finish the sentence. She rubs her eyes. It disappeared. But of course, I didn't notice until I was clearing away his things. Did anyone go into the house after his death? She's really suspicious of me now. But she still answers. The police, the undertaker, obviously. But we had to get cleaners in because of all the blood. So he'd ended his life in a bloody way. I'd imagined hanging or even poisoning, but clearly not. Miranda says any of them could have taken it. Julia agrees. They could. We sit in silence, sipping our tea, a cold atmosphere of mistrust, now making conversation difficult. But I have a quest to complete. I can't stall here. I finish my tea, I say. I'd like to pay my respects to him. He's buried at Highgate Cemetery. Me too, Miranda says, then adds quickly, though I didn't know him. She reaches out to put her hand on Julia's, but from what you've told me, he was a remarkable man. Miranda always was good with people, even artificial ones, it seems. He was. Julia frowns. She's fighting tears again. Miranda strokes her hand sympathetically. It must be a skill she's invested in because it's working so well. It softens Julia's mistrust until she nods. Go up the main path from the gate and strike right through the trees. There's a small sepulchre with a carving of the Assyrian god Ashur on it, and the inscription is in German. I look up Ashur on my HUD and see a carving of a bearded warrior god set in a winged disc. I recognise that. Julia stands. Thanks for the tea. I must be going. I stand with her. As she goes to collect her coat, she gives me a piercing look. You're not really a priest, are you, Mr. Cadmon? You're something quite different. Her hand goes to the silver star around her neck. I'm about to protest, but Miranda beams at her and Julia smiles at Miranda, turns and exits the cafe with the tinkling sound of the bell on the doorframe. I pay the bill, one and six. We stand outside in flask walk. Miranda says, you nearly messed that up. Did she catch you in the house? No, I came out of the toilet window and she saw me slide down the roof. Miranda puts her hands to her mouth and doubles up with laughter. I don't mind. I like making her laugh. I say, did you encounter the thing in the house? No. What thing? 
I don't know, and didn't stay long enough to say hello. It breathed funny. Because she didn't see it, she's not interested. She says, Did you get the bit in the notebook where he says when flesh touches the statuette it summons a monster? And the Brothers of Shadow, a cult. That Mervyn Gerdrock's their leader. Did you read his letter yet? I shake my head. Slow, slow, Adam, get with the programme. But you haven't been to Highgate Cemetery. No, that's next. I had to log off for a bit before I could question Julia. I made her like me, though, with um, seduce. Really? I thought that meant sex and stuff. She faced palms. Adam, you're a very naive man. Seduce just means win people over, charm them. So, we go to Highgate now? Sure, seems like the next step. I look at my gold wristwatch. It's now just short of 4pm. Game time goes faster than real time. It'll be dark within the hour. I don't want to be there in the dark, but um, I can't tell Miranda that. I consult the map via my HUD. It's 1.9 miles from where I stand to Highgate Cemetery, and it will take 37 gay minutes to walk, or longer by bus. By train, we'd have to go partway back to the centre of London, come out again. I see the walking route takes me over Hampstead Heath. It isn't raining. It makes sense to walk. We stride down Flask Walk to get to the junction with Back Lane when I see a game icon glowing over a shop. It's the only shop there. The icon is in the shape of an open book. What's that? Miranda asks. I consult the game wiki and see it's the icon for a trainer. I step up to the window of the shop. The window is full of crystal balls, a ceramic Victorian larger-than-life palmistry hand showing the various life and fate lines. A sign says, Madame Sosostris, famous clairvoyante. Want to go in? I ask. She peers in the window. Looks magic-y. Yep. Not my thing. I'm an assassin, skilled with the blade and garotte. You've got a garotte? Yes, and a stiletto. Want to see? Sure. She shows me a coil of black cheese wire with wooden handles at both ends. She demonstrates the action with a lurid grin. I say, I didn't know you were so bloodthirsty. Man, she's so cool and sexy. Her avatar just looks like her, but tweaked a bit. Bigger boobs, I notice. She jerks her thumb at the window. And I didn't know you were into this stuff. I feel defensive. It's just, I've always played magic users in RPGs. It's a habit. A priest magic user. I don't really know the class, Miranda. If it's a cleric-wizard-type hybrid, that could be useful. You can always re-roll if you're gimpy. She's right, I didn't think too much about the priest character. But I'll give him a chance, and if it doesn't work out, I'll re-roll as a private eye or something. So, you're going in there? I nod to see the trainer, just curious. I'm sure I won't be long. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. I'll go back to the Sprengler house to see if we missed anything. There might be more clues we haven't found. I'm suddenly anxious for her. Watch out for the monster. I'll come if you like. She winks. You don't need to look after me, Adam. In fact, I think I'll be looking after you more times than you look after me. I'm slightly affronted. I don't think so. She laughs. Wounded male pride. Anyway, I'm good. I can look after myself, Mr. Priest. See you at, uh, say, six, outside Highgate Cemetery. It'll be dark by then. Yeah, cool. Spooky. She's so full of confidence, she helps settle the nerves that have nagged at me all day. It's a game. It should be fun. I don't know why I feel so wound up. I watch her as she walks back up Flask Walk. She's got such style. When she's out of sight, I glance up to the trainer icon once more before pushing the door open. Once inside, the shop smells sweetly of incense, and a vertical thread of grey smoke rises from a burner on the counter. A pack of tarot cards is set next to it, 
and beyond the counter is a consulting booth with red silk curtains. The curtains have Chinese patterns on them showing a hunting scene with deer and archers on horseback all picked out in gold thread. A woman with a Mediterranean complexion sits on one of the two chairs in the booth. She has long curling black hair, obviously dyed. Her eyes are dark brown with blue lipid rings around the iris. Lines make her face look like a road map of Athens, I guess from too much smoking. Still sitting but at least smiling, she says, Can I help you, my dear? Would you like your fortune told? I do tarot cards and palmistry. I clear my throat. I saw the icon. Do you teach? She nods. I teach skills of divination. I'd hope for spells, but a little clairvoyance might be helpful. Do you teach clairvoyance? Yes, darling, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience. I scratch the back of my head. Uh, which is best? She shrugs. Depends what you want it for. I just want to sense things. Sense what things? Danger, energies, um, I don't know really. Clairsentience sent. How many skill points did you want to spend? Twenty-five was helpful with German, giving me useful knowledge without making me a master. I say twenty-five. Madame Sosostris has offered to teach you clairsentience. Commit skill points and select accept. I select accept on my HUD. She taps the chair next to her. Come sit, my dear, then look into my eyes. The process is as disorientating as it was with Mr. George. I seem to retreat from myself and enter a trance. She's saying something, but I can't make it out. The room spins, and I watch her lips move in a litany of golden syllables until things come back into focus, and I return to the room. There you are, love. I hope you enjoyed that. I sit back. Superimposed on everything is a kind of heat map. Everything now gives off a faint, translucent glow, most of all her. Madame Sosostris glows mid-blue. I suppose this is her aura, but blue glows are coming from other things. The pack of tarot cards on the counter, the incense, though, that's very faint. As I glance around her shop, a fuzzy red glow around a human skull draws my eyes. It's set on a shelf behind the counter. I hadn't noticed it before, but now the red seems so strong. Wow, I say, this is amazing. I take a while to look around at everything, noticing the colours, and I ask, What do the colours mean? She smiles, showing teeth stained the brown. Masters get far more nuanced impressions, but at your level, blue is magic but neutral, green is friendly, red is hostile magic, white is holy and black is... Uh, <laughs> never mind what black is. I frown. I suppose someone will one day tell me what black is or I'll work it out once I see it by simple association. I see my own hands now have a faint white aura. I'm holy. A little, at least. I'm smiling like a fool, but my time is up. Anything else I can help you with, Reverend Cadmon? I haven't told her my name. I shake my head and stare around me. I'm entranced by my new skill and consider spending more skill points. I still have thirty at this level, but I want to improve my knowledge of guns and shooting and maybe add a bit of magic. Once I find a proper magical tutor, I stand. Thank you very much, Madame Sosostris. I'll perhaps call again. She smiles. Any time, dearie. I'll be here. I step out of the shop onto Flask Walk and stroll down Well Walk towards the heath, passing by the tall Victorian houses and the trees that will soon come into bud. There are other pedestrians and the odd vehicle. I'm halfway down Well Walk when a man in a black coat with a black hat appears in the distance walking towards me. He's clearly in a hurry and is glowing strongly white. A holy man. 
I stop on the narrow pavement to allow him past, but with my new skill, I'm staring, fascinated by his holy aura. He ignores me until he draws level, then darts out a hand and grabs my elbow. I start back from him, but he hisses a warning. Come with me now. We don't have much time. In real life, I would never have gone with him, but here I follow him back away and we duck into a narrow side street. Unexpectedly, he shakes my hand. I'm Guy Philby. His name now appears in blue above his head, like Miranda's had when she revealed herself. Player characters are only visible when they choose to reveal themselves, it seems. I read his label. Guy Philby, level 20 paladin, Ordo Lux Lucis. Guy Philby, in the game at least. You remember we met in 2027, in the tube station. I said I'd find you. He did. I still don't know how to take him, so I'm wary. I see you're playing a priest. Is that bad? No, no, it might be good. I would have met with you before, but I've been busy. He says that significantly, but I'm not that interested. How did you find me? We hacked you. There's a trace on the account I gave you. I'm not sure I like being tracked. What do you want, Mr. Preston? We need you, really need you here. But you should know you're in great danger in this game and in your real life. You have to know what this game really is. He looks over his shoulder. They'll be here in minutes. I'm going to try and explain this quickly. Then I've got to run. <laughs> 